another day. All right, let's ride. just want to say thank you to you guys for listening it's been a grind if you've been with me the whole time i really do appreciate it and if you're just not getting with us man keep on rolling i'm gonna do this for as long as i can now that that's out the way big rest in peace to the twins that died in that car mr rodriguez their father apparently this man thought that he dropped his kids off at daycare and i guess he went in to work or whatever and his kids got left in the car and they overheated the man turned himself in, said he did it. Looks like he pled not guilty, but definitely said that he did the shit on accident. And honestly, like I, I ask myself this question all every time I see something like this is like, how do you forget your kids? How do you forget your children? If I'm in the house for a few minutes, and I don't hear or see my two-year-old, I get nervous. I start flipping out. And I just start frantically look, looking, asking who, where she at. She's usually in the kitchen with her mother or her sister. But I, I have to ask. My mind races like that. So how somebody could leave their kids in the car for hours on end in the summertime is something I would never be able to understand. What I will do is say, what I will say is I wonder what his schedule is like. I wonder what his work life, what his home life is like. Is he getting enough rest? And I'm not copping pleas for this guy or nothing like that. I'm just saying there's usually a reason why things like this happen. Is he overworked? Is he stressed out? Are there things going on at home that are distracting him? What's really going on? Did he do the shit on purpose? Because we don't really know. We're not in this guy's mind. But these are the things I think about when I read a story like this. Because it's, it's something that no parent, no human being should ever want to hear. But especially when you're a parent, this is something like you never want to think about. Like my kids are a little older now, so I don't, I just don't think that with the level of, of noise they make and the activity they're into, whatever, that I could ever see myself doing this. And I'm pretty sure that this guy didn't think he would be the guy to do this either. It just happened. So my thing is, is like, what's the root of the problem? We know the result. We know he, he fucked up big time. His life, as far as his life with his family, is over. He's probably going to do some time, well deserved, but that family support system, that shit's got to be a wrap. I actually hope there's no other kids in the household. I really don't. It's one thing to have to deal with a spouse. And you have a situation like this happen. You guys can separate, go your different ways. You never have to speak to each other again. If there's another child in the picture, now you got to explain to that child. Now you are accountable to that child for the siblings not being here anymore. And you are connected to them for life. You have to be in that child's life. 
if you're any decent type of father. You have to be in that child's life, and that's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. Even though they may forgive you and welcome you back in, it's like it's always going to be there. So I hope for his sake there's no other children involved in that situation that he's going to have to deal with. Because it's truly it's tragic. It really is. And it's not how I intended to start this, but it's one of the first things that like jumped into my mind. I was thinking about what am I going to talk about this week? I haven't been involved too much in the news. I've been looking at things, but not a whole lot. And this is just one of those things that happened to kind of, to like catch me. Now, I didn't think about it too much, but it blew my mind just thinking about it. Like, man, I can't imagine that you got to go home after that. How you tell your family this shit? So I got a little bit of sympathy for him, a tiny bit, if he didn't intend to do this. But if it later comes out that he intended to do this, then sympathy level zero. Sorry. Because I hope you get the time you deserve. And, uh, yeah, that's terrible. And, like, speaking of jail, I'm watching this new show on Netflix called Jailbirds with the Wife. And it basically... It chronicles the life of, mainly it focuses on the females in jail. There are a few males on there, but there's relationships and people are linked different ways. People move to different jails, but it's in Sacramento. And apparently that jail looks, it looks like it's like right in the middle of downtown. And they can, inmates can look out and shit or whatever, but it, it's weird to see it. Like, I'm so far removed, luckily, from the criminal element and from the streets, so to speak. A lot of things happen that I just don't understand anymore. My line of thinking has changed. Like, I did a whole podcast a while back. I think the title was, it doesn't work. Like, all the research you need is in your local fucked up neighborhood. And in your homeboys that go to jail back and forth and can't get decent jobs. So when I'm seeing this, and all these people, there's, some, there's a few of them that are older in there. But a lot of them are, are pretty young. And I'm just like, damn, what all this internet... And cell phones and all this shit. I'm th- I'm wondering to myself, how are we still making the same mistakes? How are we still going to jail like multiple times? Because most of the people I saw on this show were repeat offenders. And I'm I'm looking at it like, damn. They're in the day room all day long, not really doing shit, not learning any real type of skill. And maybe my brain is focusing on that um, World's Toughest Prisons episode I saw where they were in, I want to say, Norway or Sweden or somewhere. And they had the prison that was built to basically reform people to get them back out to contribute to society. Now, that is the prison. Let's be clear. That is the prison. This is jail. This is different. But still, it's like, you would think that's where it would begin if we want to if we really want to um, put these people back into society and have them be decent participating members of society to where they can contribute to the country, the city, state, neighborhood, community, whatever, you would think it would start there. Shouldn't there be like the filtration system to like, hey, you're going to prison, you're guilty for X amount of years, you're going to be guilty, or if you do go, what are your interests? What do you want to do when you get out? Yada, yada, yada. And I know it sounds weird, like, asking somebody that. 
when they treat you like a trade school when they just went to fucking jail. But my thing is, the goal, from what I understand in jail, the goal is to punish people. Prison, the goal is to punish people until they go back out so they don't want to come back. But if you punish them and you keep them around other criminals and they don't have anything to do but be around other criminals, what are you doing to keep them from coming back? Because there's TV there. There's food there. There's books there. There's social life there. You have all the things to make people comfortable. To get people used to that type of lifestyle. And yes, there are some jobs. But in the grand scheme of things, what are you really doing to prevent them from coming back? I know some institutions have counseling groups and all that shit. Cool. But what are we really doing to make sure that people don't come back? How much would it affect the economy if the recidivism rate dropped ridiculously? Would it negatively affect the economy? That, because that's my theory. That if enough people that were going to jail and prison ended up getting out, getting their shit together, and never going back, and never going back and influencing younger people in the neighborhood that what they were doing was okay to do, you just don't get caught. And those people don't end up starting criminal life and going to jail, and the recidivism rate drops. How much does that affect our economy? Is that the issue? Because as we know, there's smaller industries built around major industries. So if you have a prison, if there's no cafeteria, if you have any like major entity like that where you need people, there's going to be things put around them, goods and services to make these people comfortable while they're there. So you don't you usually don't see like an area where there's work going on, a whole industry going on, and there's nothing else there. Like you don't see a Walmart without a McDonald's or a Subway in it. Because while they can go to the deli to get something to eat, having the McDonald's for them to eat inside the McDonald's is really convenient for the people who run Walmart so they can get them back on the clock and get them coming back. This is why a lot of places like courthouses and shit like that have cafeterias inside because you don't want people leaving to come back. You want it comfortable enough for them to come back. There's usually businesses set up all around it. People are coming in and out. That's why you see downtown, they always have these restaurants that have... Um, really short hours because the majority of their business comes between 6 in the morning and 2 o'clock. So they get in at 6 to catch the morning rush. They may have the little the little lull in between breakfast and lunch. After lunch, they're closed downtown. And I didn't understand this as a youngin' when I was had jury duty or I had to be downtown or I was catching the bus trying to get to work. And I'm walking around downtown after like, oh, it's a nice little deli. I'm going to go get something to eat. No, that shit is closed because all their traffic is is during work hours. At the beginning of the workday, and after lunch, and at lunch in the workday, and there may be a few spots open to catch that rush, people going home. But for the most part, at the I would say anywhere from two to five o'clock, all that shit shutting down. Because depending on the city, if you if you live in like a a city like Jacksonville, you're not going to get that much traffic downtown. At least when I was growing up and and moving around down there, you're not going to get as much traffic as you would normally. If you get like say like in a maybe in like a New York or, or in L.A. or Chicago. And I know for a fact in Chicago, a lot of shit down there shut down too. 
especially on like the weekend when there's nobody really out because it's all industry. So when I'm looking at this this show and I'm watching thinking like, man, if they shut if they shut the recidivism rate down and people stop going to jail, you got to lay off employees. If you lay off the employees from the jail because you don't have enough prisoners to to facilitate the need for that many employees, what's going to happen to the surrounding businesses whether it's food, whether it's like a uniform shop like they have for like or like a like they say like a dry cleaners for guys who work in a prison get their uniforms pressed and everything like that. The surrounding businesses are going to suffer. And maybe maybe that's it. Poverty poverty feeds the prison, prison feeds the economy. Maybe it's a cycle that I'm missing, but to me, it's insane. I, as much as I keep watching it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But that's that's why I always say like a rich person's biggest resource is a poor person because a lot of the time, who's gonna be committing these crimes is fucking poor people. Because what I mean, what are your options really? Like you're on probation, you got to get a job, and if you're not on probation and you got out, so you got a felony, and you wanna not fall back into a life of crime, but you can't get a job, but you want to generate income because you want to eat, you want to get money. What, like, what do you do? I'm not condoning this shit. Like, I'm all, hey, you know, you got to struggle. Sorry. You got to take that loss. You, you got to have a good family network, and you got to struggle and make them understand that, hey, I cannot move a certain way. First and foremost, the individual has to understand. I'm not shooting anybody in the bail here. The individual has to understand that, hey, I got to get my shit together and move away from this lifestyle or I'm going to go right back. My thing is, it's like, it sounds, and I haven't been locked up. Caveat, I haven't been locked up. I've been moving smart enough to not be locked up. But what from what I'm saying is, it sounds like they're making it just comfortable enough for somebody to get used to it and be institutionalized if you haven't been there for a long time. Ask people who've been on chips in the military and the Navy what it's like. You get up at a certain time, you eat at a certain time, you go to work, you go to lunch, you go to dinner. At a certain time of night, everything's shut down. You're on the water, you can't leave, you can't go home. You wake up, you eat, you work, you eat, you work, you eat, you work out, bed. What's that sound like? I'm joking, but a lot of people love that life. So what I'm saying is they make you comfortable just enough. People go back and forth. I can, they know they can do the time in jail. I can do the time in jail sitting on my hand. The problem is they bring that same attitude back to the neighborhoods. And the kids go back and forth. And, I mean, shit, the proof is in the pudding. Like, the prisons exist. They build more. It's happening. So what I'm saying isn't... I'm not guessing the research is there. You see it. You don't believe me? Go look at worldstarhiphop.com and go look at how many people are in music videos talking about how much guns and drugs they got. It's there. Even if they're not sitting next to you telling you, it's there. It's in their phone. It's telling them right there, hey, I can do this. I take the charge. It's there. The research is there. So I don't understand where the disconnect is. Like, hey, jail is real. The video ain't. The consequences are real. 
The music video is ain't. Maybe I'm old. I don't know. But I'm seeing this shit. And it's almost like they're. It's like the marketing tool is so strong. The marketing of the lifestyle is so strong. I guess that's what it is. But to me, it just. It just don't seem right, man. The prison system is crazy. And it must generate a sufficient amount of thumbs. But the, as you can see, I'm talking about the show now. They got Netflix shows coming to prison. There's a lot of shows based on prison life. I wonder if that's it. People thinking, like, I can do this. This ain't that bad. Maybe that's a part of it. It just shows the people in there making it work, adapting, doing what, doing what human beings do, adapting. So maybe that's a part of the problem. Scared Straight became a hit on TV because people like seeing kids going there and getting yelled at. But every now and again, one of them kids is like, I'm with it. I'm with the shit. You're not going to scare me. And they, they buck up to the people in prison. And then the people in prison got to sit them down and talk to it. Like, some people just fucked up, man. It is what it is. They either got to they're either going to be fucked up, they're going to grow out of it, or they're going to get help. But the gears in my head just keep turning. Like, are they marketing prison to the youth? Are they making it seem like it's okay? What's really happening? I'm not suggesting that they outlaw the shit. You know, everybody's free to do what they got to do. But I'm just saying, just pay attention. Just... I don't know, I'm spitballing, I'm rambling right now, but it's one of the things I saw on Netflix that I thought was interesting. I binge-watched it. I will say I'm at the level of maturity, of maturity to where I know that is not some place I want to be. There's too much cool shit out here in the world for me to be fucked up in prison somewhere. I got a family. I like to watch Netflix. I like to go get Starbucks every now and again. Go get me a nice um, poke bowl, some ramen, burritos and shit. You can't do all that type of shit in prison. You can make it, but you can't go out and get it. I'm not trying to do that. That shit don't look like fun. Fuck with that show talking about. Anyway, another show I saw on Netflix was called Dark Tourist. Now, we're just messing around, surfing through Netflix as I do, and I caught this show, and the host is named David Ferrier. And the basis of the show is that this guy travels all over the world as a, I guess, dark tourist, duh. But... These people, I guess they're like thrill seekers. They go to places where shit is basically fucked up. <laughs> that's that's the only way for me to put it. They go to places where most people don't want to go. In one episode, he went to Africa to witness to become a voodoo disciple. He also went and spoke with South Africans who are who are um, basically like a almost like a militia who were getting ready for a race war that they expect to happen where the blacks will come and take the land and they have to be able to get their shit and go and leave the area um, as quickly as possible. They train and do mock drills and all that shit. And he also went through a um, one of the townships in South Africa. And this saw like Johannesburg area for the most part. Then he went to Japan. He went to the suicide forest. He went to where the tidal, where the tsunami hit. And then he went to he went to another place where the radiation was ridiculously high. And just hung out. <laughs> like like fuck it. 
Then another episode, he went to Southeast Asia. He witnessed them bringing up people from the dead. They take, there's an area in Indonesia where they, um, where they, I guess, preserve their dead. They don't treat them like how we do in the States, obviously, but they basically wrap them up and take them to wherever their, consider their tomb is, and they take them out every year, clean them up, and then put them back. But they really revere the dead, and they treat them with a, um, they treat them with a level of presence, I guess. They treat them like they, not like they died, but like they got really, really old, and they really, really need your help. And they just honor them in a way. That is, um, it's strange, to say the least, but I can respect their respect for their family members that have passed on. It's really interesting. He was in Cyprus. He almost got into trouble with the Turkish government. Long story short, if you like shit like, if you like a documentary series where you get to see people in other cultures and just how they do stuff, like on the far end of it, Check out Dark Taurus on Netflix. It's pretty good. I'm going to watch. I got one more episode to watch where they're out of the country and um, where they're out of the U.S. And then I have, the, I'm saving the last two for whatever he's doing in the U.S. Because I know it's going to be fucked up. Because I know what type of people we are. Land of the free, home of the brave, and the weird. Let's not forget the weird. People like to do weird shit here. So I kind of can't wait to see what this guy discovers in America. But yeah, I'm hooked. I'm going to be looking at it. Hopefully he does another season. But so far, so good. So it's called Dark Taurus. It's on Netflix. Enjoy. In other great news, <laughs> more positive news, there is a uh, 16-year-old that won $3 million playing Fortnite. That's great. That's great. Um, I need to get my 10-year-old on the sticks. She is five years behind the power curve, apparently. But if she can make money playing Fortnite, more power to her. The only the only thing is though is like, it's kind of weird. Like I don't want my child to be sitting there on camera with people. Catch twenty two, man. For me, I'm I'm a somewhat private person to a degree, and I don't know how comfortable I would be with that. On the other hand, if she can make money being in the house. I ain't gonna knock it. So congrats to the the person who won. I have no idea who it was. I didn't look into it, but it just happened. And apparently there are now colleges that are giving kids scholarships for this shit, for esports, which I, it's like man, it's like revenge of the nerds, man. Like more power to you, if that's the way you can make it in the college, go and get it. If that's your interest, man, master it. Do it to the best of your ability. Have fun. Don't hurt nobody. Go do it. But for God's sakes, get some sunlight. Because when I was at Comic-Con, man, I saw some people that didn't look like they left the house too much. It had to be the capital. It had to be the Super Bowl for socially awkward people. I really I really think it was. Because I'm the type of person that's like, listen, if we're going to be in a room together, I might as well say hello. And I would just I would just move around. I'm solo dolo. I don't look like I belong at Comic-Con for one. I'm just kind of walking around, looking at shit, and I say what's up to people every now and then. They just kind of give me this weird look, like oh, they give me the weird look, like oh, okay, buddy, and they just keep on going. And I feel like they either didn't expect a person like me to be there, you know, because I don't, 
obviously I'm black, but there's black people that are that look like nerds and they are nerds. <laughs> I'm just being 100% honest. I don't have the the nerdy look to me. The stereotypical nerd look, I'll say, cuz I don't want to I don't want to hurt feelings. I'm just saying. But I don't I don't fit the look of what's typically there. Unless you're talking about like the Avenger fans or some shit like that. These people are like deep into manga, video games and shit like that. They, um, it was weird, but it was cool to see them out and about doing their thing and having their fun. But it's really, really weird. But anyway, <laughs> check out Dark Tours. It's, it's pretty great. Go play Fortnite if you like it. That's cool. Um, but leave the house once in a while. Go interact with people. Go be social outside of the internet or go with your internet friends and go be out in the world. Meet them in real life if possible. You know, go give some high fives, have a coffee, have a beer, do what you got to do. But go and meet people. It's a great world out here, man. I love to meet new people. It's one of my favorite things in the world to meet new people and see new personalities and learn from their experiences they had, especially people that come from places I've never been and never thought to go to and also people that have been places that I really want to go to. So go out and meet some people if you can stand it, if you're not highly hyper-introverted. There's a big world out there, man. You got to go and experience it other than via the World Wide Web, as we used to call it. In other news, um, NSA advisor resigns. So I want to say homeboy's name is Dan Coates. I believe that's my guy's name. And this is a person um, who hasn't really seen eye to eye with the um, with the press and he's been on the I guess the verge of being fired a lot a whole hell of a lot but I guess he felt like his time was up and um, he's like I'm out I can't do it no more I gotta find something else to do and they're already gotten, they have one of the people that they think is going to replace him. It's going to be um, the guy who was really going at Mueller in the investigate in the Mueller hearing. So he's the guy that Trump is nominating to, to take his spot. Which makes a lot of sense because he's bending the knee. And this bothers me about Republicans. It really bothers me about the willingness to, this, bother, this bothers me about people more than anything with the shit that happened with the with the four young congresswomen for nobody to check bro is um it's a stain on our on our nation it, it really is because i don't want to hear the shit about the country's divided this that and the third if you're not going to do nothing about it that's sad that's sad you've been in congress for decades, you can't speak to somebody that's going to do two terms, two terms as the president? What you scared of? Half the people in politics are old enough to retire anyway. So I don't get it. That's when they, why when they say shit like the American people, the good of the American people, I never feel like these motherfuckers are talking to me. I really don't. Because you don't stand up when the American people are getting fucking attacked. This man did shit on the whole city talking about Baltimore. A whole fucking city. 
No human being would want to live there. Infested. Motherfucker, you run the country. You live down the goddamn street in D.C. If it's really that bad, do something. Do something. For real. If it's really that bad, if no human being would want to live there, fucking do something. You've been rich a long goddamn time. You're real generous, generous with your money, right? You're not taking any of your presidential money. Hey. You want a border wall, $2.5 billion. Help Baltimore out. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to talk that type of shit, do something about it. And I understand as, you know, at that level, the motto should be, I got people for that. I get that 100%, but if they're not doing the job, and it's getting you to the point where you got to insult the whole goddamn city. Like, there's Republicans in Baltimore, too. I know it's majority black, so people feel like it's okay to shit on the city, like Detroit. But there's Republicans there, too. What do you say to the black Republicans that are there, the white Republicans that are there? Will they say anything, or will they just defend it? I was talking to one of the young boys on uh, my Facebook page the other day. I used to work with him. Turns out he starts coming out of his shell. He's putting shit up. Apparently he's black, conservative guy. Cool, more power to you, man. If you dug into some shit and you like it, man, ride with it. But he put up a post kind of mocking the dude. Uh, Victor Blackwell was on CNN talking about it. He got emotional about it. Some shit I just, I don't like to see. I'll talk about that in a minute. He got emotional about it. The guy basically kind of laughed at it. Which I understand, which I kind of saw coming. Because you can't, you can't expect these people to to appeal to your emotions. Like, they don't give a fuck about you, bro. You you black, you work for CNN. These people don't give a fuck about you. The people that watch Fox News don't care about you. They don't. They don't give a fuck about you. So you sitting up there crying, they laughing at you. So I didn't understand that shit. I understand being angry about it. I really do. But you gotta do something about it which I don't doubt that this person is. I'm getting off track, but the young guy, he's been doing this a lot. It's been popping up in my feed regularly with him with these political posts or him, if I I or anybody else says something that, that leans left, he'll jump in and try to challenge it. And that's why I say, like, I had to ask him, like, we went, we did our back and forth and whatever. We, we just talked about shit. But at the end of it, I kind of asked him, like, yo, what's the goal, though? What's the goal? I, I laid out my issues before on this podcast with black conservatives. They talk to white people about us. They don't fucking talk to us. Like, what is the Chitlin Circuit tour going to happen? Well, you're going to go down through the South, and you're going to talk to people. You're going to go down, go up through the Northeast. You're going to go to the Midwest. You're going to go to L.A., and you're going to go to these fucked up neighborhoods and tell people, like, hey, you're doing it wrong. Fucking with these Democrats. Come, come with me. Come be a conservative. When is that going to happen? And I ain't talking about the fucking college crime. I'm talking about, hey, I'm trying to talk to the youth. When you gonna go get on the breakfast, fight to get on the fucking breakfast club. At Charlemagne. At Angela Yee. At DJ Envy. Hey, I want to be on the breakfast club and talk some shit. I want to be on the breakfast club. I want to be on Hot 97. I want to be anywhere 
that black people are getting a lot of their content slash information slash entertainment, whatever you want to call it. I want to be on that platform and I want to speak my piece of why I think that, hey, we should look at we should look at being Republicans. We should look at being libertarian. We should look at being independent. We should look at being democratic, whatever, because I tell you right now, Kamala Harris went, Cory Booker went. The Democrats are going. So if you want that audience, if you want to really compete for that audience as a black conservative mouthpiece, you need to go there because that's where the youth are. That's where the youth are. That's where you're going to get your people that are going to vote the way you feel they should vote for the next 20, 30, 40 years down the line. If you can get them while they're young. If you feel like it's really going to make it better. Or do you want your check? Or do you want your attention? Or if you look in the case of my homeboy, do you want to feel like you're right and win the argument? Because you feel like people that are black and liberal aren't really paying attention to the shit that's going on. They just don't like people and want to call them racist. Do something about it. What can you do to fix it? My thing is, hey, I'm listening to everybody. I just want motherfuckers to think. I'm not going to sit here and beat you over the head with policy. I'm going to say, hey, this looks like common sense to me, yes or no. But I'm not going to dive in and swim through the fucking policy and pretend like I speak legalese like a lot of these people do when they just regurgitate some shit they heard somebody say on TV. I'm going to ask you, to my, from my knowledge base, what I, hey, I'm going to ask you the root question. Why is this happening? What can we do to combat this? But I did end up asking them, like, so what are you going to do? Like, if you really want people to change people's mind, you can't go in fucking insult them. Maybe you give them some information that's going to lead them back to you so they want to come back to you and learn more. But if you start out joking, talking shit about some shit they're sensitive about, more than likely, they're not going to want to listen to them. I asked them about some of these conservatives. They said they probably can't go to Baltimore. And I'm like, well, they burnt their bridge before they tried to cross it. If you're in league with somebody talking shit about the city, even if you are a conservative, and you are, and you, even if you're a black conservative and you don't agree with what the president said, hey, Mr. President, that's not the way we should do it. You can't say that. You can't say that. I'm with you on most issues. This I disagree with you on. That's not the way we should do it. The bravest motherfucker, the bravest person on the conservative side of things for me is Ann Coulter. I don't know about Rush Limbaugh and all that shit, but Ann Coulter, I see the stuff she puts out on social media. She is the only one that I say on a constant basis will give the president a critique. We'll call him the fuck out. That is a conservative person. The only one that I've really seen. And I don't fuck with a lot of shit she said, but I got... For me, I gotta respect the person that's hey. You say you're a one part, a one, a one issue voter, and your issue is immigration. I gotta respect the fact that you stand on that, and that if something is done that you don't agree with, you call that out. I can respect that. I don't have to like the content of what you said, but I can like the fact that you called them out and you stood on what you was talking about. I can respect that. Her goal. Is to fix immigration and sell books and write for columns. But she's standing on the, on the immigration shit. 
So while I cannot like what she says, I can respect the fact that she hold up her end when she says she gonna hold up her end. So I ask him, like, well, what you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Because he don't know that I know somebody from school who's in Baltimore trying to fix Baltimore. They got a whole campaign where they're trying to fix up the areas and teach people how to grow their own food. Meanwhile, somebody who's down the street, so to speak, has infinite ways to get there as far as travel, all the resources there, can go up there and actually see what's going on, get on the ground really whenever you want, clear the schedule, not do shit, I'm going to Baltimore, I'm going to fix it. Fuck what Cummins is talking about. I'm going there my goddamn self. Show me something. That's all I'm saying. Show up. Hey, my schedule business hell, but I'm going because it's this fucked up. If no human wants to be there, then I need to be there to figure out what the hell is going on. If it's rat infested, hey, this is part of my rat infested country. I need to be there to see what's going on. Talk that shit. Be about it. If you're going to talk that shit, go do something about it. Democrats, go do something about it. Republicans, do something about it. Independents, Libertarians, Green Party, fucking do something about it. You're talking all this shit about Baltimore. What you going to do to fix Flint? But you just want to keep the Mexicans out. I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. And I know things in Baltimore aren't all gravy. I seen the wire just like everybody else. I know things can be up and down over there. I'm not shooting no bell. They got to work on that. But I just don't, I don't feel, I don't believe that a person in my office that high should be talking shit, especially when there's no action taking place. Now, if you can say I went, I'm there personally on a regular basis trying to get shit done as a guy in this position, then it makes a whole lot more sense. Then you can talk that shit. If you, I'm going there back and forth all the time and repeatedly they are not doing the things that needs to be done to get this shit fixed. I have no issue with that if you've been there, but you in Mar-a-Lago. You in D.C., you in Mar-a-Lago. You playing golf, but Baltimore fucked up. I got to know. What's the plan? Are, are you too busy, though? Are you too busy worrying about this obstruction of justice shit? Because them Mueller hearing, they're saying was a fail for Democrats. I think with the Mueller shit, he kind of put it out there like, if it's in the report, I support it. And from what I saw earlier, from the part that I caught most of it, um, hold on. All right, so there's a shooting in California's Gilroy Garlic Festival. God damn. What is going on? God damn. So tired of that shit. But anyway, uh, from what I saw in the beginning of the, of the Mueller hearing, it looks like the obstruction of justice is, is, is right there. I don't know how the people aren't seeing this. It's like, that's right there. Right there. And the man himself is saying, if I send a report, I support it. I can, hey, man, he's like, look, I did the job. You know why I can't really pursue this? It's right there. It's on you. Ball's in your court. What are you going to do with it? And at this point, with the Democrats, it's like, well, 
Why not? I'm predicting that homeboy's going to win another re-election. He's going to win the election in 2020 anyway. At this point, you got to feel like that's coming. The Mueller probe can't do any more damage. You know what I mean? Well, no, not, not saying that. A failed impeachment attempt can't really do any more damage to this person, to the, to the, the movement that the Democrats are trying to start. It can't, really. He's already beat everything else. The shit with his marriage, verbalizing, sexually assaulting somebody, the taxes never coming out. You aren't going to get anything else. And you just secured funding for to start on the, bond, on the border wall. So you're, hey man, you might as well throw the Hail Mary. Because nothing else that you're trying to do is going to work. But I do know this though. Certain people need an adversary in order to remain prominent. Nancy Pelosi. So what I'm saying is, there's a balance here. Everybody's a hero. Every hero needs a villain. If the villain goes away, what does the hero do? So I'm just trying to figure out, why not? What the fuck you got to lose? Just like uh, that asshole himself said, the commander in orange said, what you got to lose? Throw the hell Mary. At this point, at least you can say you tried. I don't want to, like, <laughs> they be like, hey, man, you know that guy's over there touching kids, right? Like, well, we we don't get him. He'll be back out, he'll be emboldened. He'll know what he's doing to work, and he'll keep, and he'll touch the kids. But, yeah, if you don't ever say anything, you're going to keep touching fucking kids. I don't understand the logic. The man laid it out for you. Now, if you're waiting through shit to go through the court, Really, really wait for things to go through the court. Wait for them to flip these other two cats. Okay, then you pull them in for a hearing. Cool. If that's the real plan. But it's right there for you now. Like, if you think about what they impeached Clinton for, and y'all sitting on this shit, that's wild. That's wild. Meanwhile, Mr. Mueller sitting there in the paint, saying what he got to say, saying it's all in the report. It's all in the fucking report. I don't know. It, it just seems like there's too many people trying to run for president. I don't know how much support is actually being, um, is actually being given internally. And that's the real struggle. It's like, how much are the Democrats going to kill each other during the debates and during the process of their campaign? How much are they going to kill each other until they get to see who's going to be the candidate? Because then who do you run with? If you guys have all killed each other in the process and aired each other's dirty laundry out, who do you run with? Do you run with somebody else who campaigned to be the president? Do you pick a completely different person to be the vice president? Because I'm going to say this. One of them has got to be a female. You got to. You got to. I would say it behoove you to either have a female or a minority. One of the two. But you probably need to run with a woman. Just saying. 
Because these women are fucking strong. They ain't not bullshit. Kamala Harris, the lady with the K name, I just keep messing up. Oh, Liz Warren. I can see it. Miss Gillibrand, we got they got to get their shit together, man. It's looking crazy, but I, as much as I would hate to see that person in office again, I feel like he's gonna win the next election, unfortunately. And I had some time to half-ass pay attention to the news, but to see what's going on, but we'll see. It'll get right, though, man. It'll get right. But on that note. I'm out. I'm ending this shit. Black people, stop talking shit about Beyonce saying she ruining shit. She's talking about she ruining fucking Earth, Wind, and Fire song. They ruined somebody's song. Talking about she's ruining the Lion King. Listen, black people. Until they get a whole African cast to do the voices for the Lion King, this, this that's the best we're going to get. Right? So it would behoove black people to try to enjoy something for once. And if y'all, I wish y'all would keep that same energy when fucking Taylor Swift fucked up September. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Y'all keep the same energy when that happened? Hmm? The way y'all shit on, I don't know why y'all hate Beyonce. I really don't understand it. I don't get it. I really don't understand it. Anyway, man, that's it for me, man. Y'all be real. Be chill out there. Change the world, man. Start with yourself. Change the world. When you walk out the next day, change the world. Do something for somebody. Shit, if you, if you got to do something for yourself, start with yourself. Start with then your family, friends. Then do something nice for a stranger. Hold a door. Give her a compliment. Pick up some trash. Contribute to society. Start a podcast where you tell people to be better people. That's my choice. And try to be polite in public. Don't be too much of an asshole if you can help it, man. Florida Gator fans, start taking showers. Start brushing your teeth. Shit's getting embarrassing. You're ruining the state. Y'all be good out there, man. Love y'all.